Welcome to Muddy River News This Week, furnished by Harvey's. I'm Bob Goff. The recent gun legislation passed by the General Assembly and signed by Governor Pritzker has had an impact on gun owners and gun sellers in the state of Illinois. And a gentleman who's here today to talk about that has, uh, has a very vested interest in that. I'm talking to Will Sullivan with the Sul Will Sullivan Auction Company. Thanks for stopping by. No problem, Bob. Thanks for having me. In our uh, pregame chat here, uh, we were talking about how uh, the governor was in town last week, and I asked him about the gun legislation, and because I felt it was an important question to ask, and I had people who coming came up to me afterwards and said, well, thanks for talking about it and bringing it out. It's a big deal. And you then confirmed that, and you said, yeah, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. You know, this law, um, it has a lot of ins and outs, a lot of gray areas. Um, it's, in, it's impacted, you know, more than just your Illinois resident that, uh, you know, there's 2.5, a little over 2.5 million Illinois residents that have some sort of weapon that is listed on this bill. Uh, this bill is 111 pages long and a little tough to read. I read it several times and kind of highlighted some things, but um, but it's not only impacting, you know, the, the person that owns the gun, but it's also impacting dealers quite a bit. Um, not, not only in the fact that we don't really know what the next step is from here, uh, you know, how do we get rid of current inventory, for example? Um, you know, what is legal and what is not legal to do right now as we sit here? Um, and also, you know, what on this list is qualifying, you know, as, as a, quote, assault rifle or an assault um, accessory, um, you know, so on and so forth. The law does sp spell it out fairly good, but at the same time, like all laws, there, there's just a lot of gray area here and we're just not getting any answers. Um, you know. so, so the, so your inventory right now, you have a, you have a significant amount of your inventory that you don't know what you can do with right now. Basically, That's correct. Right? Absolutely correct. Yeah. And I'm not the only one. Um, so, you know, I, my business is strictly online. Okay. Right. So I don't have a storefront. I'm not like game masters or Cabela's where people are coming in, you know, buying guns. Everything that I sell is on an online format and, uh, and a very little of what I sell actually goes to an Illinois resident anyways. I have to, part of my business is knowing everybody's laws um, because, you know, it, the federal laws that we have to abide by are fairly strict and some of the laws do make sense, quite frankly. Um, in Illinois and a few other states, you know, um, we have our own gun laws in Illinois on top of the ATF laws. Uh, and we can get into that, you know, what, what the difference is and how this is impacting and how this is kind of building upon those. But, um, but you know, there's a lot of states, there's I think eight states that, that have, you know, similar type of laws in effect right now. I'm very aware with, of those, you know, when I ship a gun, which most of what I sell, about 85% of what I sell, um, throughout the year is going to get shipped out. I have to ship it to a dealer. You know, I can't ship it to somebody's house. Um, and paperwork is simply done with that dealer, whether you live in California or Florida. And all these different laws, you know, when you're crossing state lines with firearms, um, you know, I have to be personally aware of. And, you know, gun stores do too, but they don't necessarily deal with it as much as I do on a daily basis. So when I'm trying to wrap my mind around this gun law, um, I'm, I'm thinking a couple different things. I'm thinking, okay, how does this relate to, say, a California law or a New York law? Because I kind of already know how to deal with those. Um, and, and they are quite similar, to be quite frank with you. But, um, but they're, this is extreme. The, this law here is above and beyond what I can find, what I know about anybody else's gun law. Um, we're not just dealing with capacities here of magazines. Um, the, it's very specific on there that, that we're dealing with that, for sure. Uh, but we're dealing with a type of gun. We're dealing with what the gun looks like. 
um, rather than the, the specifics of how it operates. And that is where it's getting a little confusing. We are, uh, what, uh, one of nine states that has such legislation right now? As of right now, that's correct. And then three states on top of that have much looser, but a assault rifle AR type of laws. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So again, and you, you don't sell, like I can't, like I said, I can't just like sit right here and I say, can you sell me a gun? Could I, you? I, I could legally, of course I could, I could, we have to do a transfer paperwork, right. you know, and it has to be transferred into your name. Um, you know, so I, I think that the, the way to start out by looking at this law is, is that everybody should understand what the current laws are. Okay. And some of them don't make any sense on a federal level or on a state level. Some of them do. Um, and I think the most important thing that you just actually, you know, referred to is the fact that everything has to be registered, which is to say that if you own a gun, it has to be in your name. Mm -hmm. You know, federally speaking, that is a federal, that is an ATF FBI law. Um, and that's a good thing because that makes people accountable for right. what they have. Um, if you have a gun in your possession that does not register to you, um, you're much more likely to a let somebody borrow it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a gun owner, I'll give you the shirt off my back, but I'm probably not going to loan you a gun because <laughs> I don't know what you're going right. to do with it. And if anything happens and that's you know used in a crime or stolen out of the back of your pickup, it's going to come back to me. I'm mm -hmm. going to have to answer the questions, not you. Um, so that is a that's actually you know a good law. It does make people accountable, and this law gets rid of that. Um, so not only can you not own one, but even if you come across one at a gun show, for example, uh, so on and so forth, uh, and you find a way around the federal laws, which is very easy to do, you pay cash for it, you can't register it into your own name. Is that illegal? Of course. Does it happen all the time? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, what we're doing here, a lot of things that they're doing with this law, but I think that one thing that the legislative body did not necessarily wrap their minds around when they were writing this law is how much black market crime is going to increase. Okay. A criminal, if, if these, these, these guns that look like assault rifles, okay, if they are primarily used for crime. All right. And that is the reason for the ban. And, and, you know, I am all for a law Mm -hmm. that, is gonna, that is going to uh, lower crime. Uh, we're not going to get rid of crime, but if this law makes sense in that, in that respect, I'm for it, okay? Um, but, the, but just like any law, you have to look at the cost-benefit of it, okay? The lesser of the two evils. Is this creating more of a criminal problem than we're really saving lives? And uh, in my opinion, absolutely is. Um, you know, right now as we speak, the black market on AR type rifles, um, any, you know, any rifle with over a 10 round capacity, which is a ton, um, you know, whether it be a hunting rifle, whether it be a shotgun that um, is used for duck hunting with, you know, an extended tube so you can put a few more shells in it and you're sitting in your duck line. All these are now illegal. And so are people going to stop using them? No. Um, are, are criminals going to keep using them? Yes. But now what you've created is nobody can register them in their own name legally anyway, so why not use it in a crime? Uh, why not buy one on the black market? Why not buy one from your buddy who just happens to be grandfathered into this law and, you know, already owns one? Um, you're creating a multi-million dollar business uh, from an AR, you know, standpoint, you know, an AR you can buy for seven or eight hundred dollars, a good one, sell it on the black market for fourteen to two thousand now in Illinois. Um, 
and criminals are going to get their hands on them either way. They, they probably weren't going through the correct channels to get them in, to begin with. And, and that's the thing, you know, when you know a, a responsible gun owner and a responsible businessman like yourself, you want to do this the right way. But all you 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 really believe that all this law does is make it is make illegal competition easier. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like I say, you know, the the federal laws um, really gun. If you're going to try to get rid of guns that are committed in crimes, it needs to be done on a federal level where everybody is on the same page. And that's almost impossible to do. I mean, it's just the well, government. We see that in Chicago, I which mean, has some of the strictest gun laws in the state. And yes. their crime rate is not going down. No. And, you know, I did when I for when this law first came out, I not only read it, you know, in its entirety, but I tried to look at it from a historical point of view. Where has this been used before and has it reduced crime? Um, and the answer is it's been used, you know, two times during my lifetime in the late 80s and in the mid 90s uh, on a federal level, not this extreme, but an assault, you know, weapon ban, which there's no such thing as assault weapon, which we can touch on. But um, it, it's one of those things where, no, crime did not go down. Um, it, everybody, just all the s stats that I could read um, simply said that the chance of a crime simply went down. But there's no stance. As a matter of fact, it went the other direction, just much like when they outlawed, you know, alcohol in the 1920s, 100 years ago. Um, what this is doing is it's creating a huge black market um, because the gun manufacturers are still making it just like the alcohol producers were still making it. They just weren't doing it through the normal channels. And now you've got, you know, law abiding citizens that want to own one of these guns uh, that's on this very lengthy list. Um, not for criminal purposes. Um, they're the ones that are getting it, you know, the legal way, but now they can't, now they have to kind of go through a black, back, black market, if you will, to, in order mm -hmm. to do this. Um, so, and they will, and they are, I mean, it's already started. If this law doesn't come to a, you know, a stop, um, a judge doesn't put a stop on it, um, you know, fairly soon, uh, myself as a gun dealer, uh, selling guns, um, you know, I'm waiting. I'm patiently waiting for something to happen so we can try to negotiate what's going to happen in the future and how we can get, you know, rid of our current, you know, inventory, so on and so forth. Uh, criminals are waiting too. Um, it's, it's just what it is. But then what, I mean, again, if nothing happens, which like I said, it sounds like there's going to be court action. This probably goes all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court at some point, I imagine. But what's to keep it like, you know, somebody from, from like you in Illinois, especially somebody who lives like you in West Central Illinois, just saying, eh, I'm going to go get a shop in Iowa or I'm going to go set up in Missouri because mm -hmm. that's the easiest solution for yeah, you. So for me, it's really a no-brainer. Um, you know, I, I've always done business. I've born and raised in Illinois. I've always done business in Illinois. I knew getting into my field that I was going to have to overcome some things, okay, because Illinois is very strict on gun laws, basically because of Chicago, not because of the downstate, but mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but I knew that going into it. So this law, it, it, it's a bit drastic to me. Um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. I probably, I definitely need to just renegotiate my situation to a different state, unfortunately. Um, you know, I can throw a football to Missouri and, uh, and I can operate completely, you know, under no other regulations other than the federal ones. Yeah. And it's, it's already going to make my life a lot easier. This, this law, just get rid of it, it's still making my life a lot easier. Um, you know, black powders, antiques, which I sell a lot of antique stuff, you know, military assets, mm -hmm. history is my thing. Um, you know, these all have to be transferred in Illinois. You know, if you've got a musket from 18, you know, 70 or 1770, even Illinois requires you to register that. And so when I ship it to a dealer, uh, in Florida, because I have a Florida buyer, 
you know, he calls me up and says, hey, you know, we don't have to register this thing. What are you doing? And I say, we have our own gun laws in Illinois. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. I get that on a daily basis. I'm sure. Sometimes they yell at me like it's my fault. <laughs> Other times they're disgusted and I get a whole bill of rights read to me. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is, you know, right. and they think they say to me constantly, well, I thought California was tough. That's ridiculous. Well, now I'm really going to get yelled at. Um, because, you know, they simply banned. But if you're selling guns from Missouri or Iowa, you don't mess with that, right? You're not going to have to do that. That's correct. Yeah. So you're just going by the federal laws and, uh, and some of the, some of the federal laws correspond with these, with these laws right here that go, that the government just passed, you know, rapid fire devices, um, you know, that, that's one of those terms where everybody, a lot of people that weren't really up to the speed on guns, what guns, you know, the gun, what, what is a rapid fire device? The first thing people think of is it must be a machine gun, you know, rapid fire. Um, you know, machine guns, fully automatic weapons have been regulated since 1934. Um, since 1980-something, you know, you, you've had to have a special license, you know, dealer-to-dealer -dealer transfers. It's almost impossible to get, uh, which is a good thing. You know, people really don't, you know, have any reason to have a fully automatic weapon. I can see how that's going to save lives. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, the rapid fire thing basically comes down to bump stocks. Um, and uh, a lot of people don't know what a bump stock is, but it's just something that simply takes a semi-automatic weapon and makes it almost fully automatic because it uses the, the force of the recoil, the gas operation within the gun that makes that gun fire. It uses that energy to, to kind of bump back uh, your, you know, the entire lower unit right. of that thing, <clears throat> which makes it easier to fire quickly. Mm -hmm. You're still, it's still one, one shot, one, you know, one trigger pull, one fire. Mm -hmm. Um, but it makes it easier. And you know, I don't see any reason why anybody needs one of those. I'm okay with that. Ban those. Um, but you know, th this list is getting into hunting rifles, you know, mini 14s, ranch rifles. Um, it's getting into just, you know, uh, synthetic furniture. If it's made of plastic, it's out. If it's black, it's out. Um, you know, more than 10 rounds is just like, I was going through the gun room the other day and I'm thinking, well, that's out, that's out, that's out. I mean, these are antique rifles. I've got stuff from World War II that, you know, I, I can't legally sell right now. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's really extreme. It's very extreme. So again, uh, a, you really would like to see uh, some action here in the state. Have you like talked to the legislators or anybody to try so to that's figure just something the thing. out? So I, myself and every gun dealer in Illinois from Chicago all the way down to the bottom has been trying desperately to get a hold of somebody at the Illinois State Police Office in Springfield. And they now have, if you finally get through to, to that office, they have an answering machine that says our office is currently closed due to unforeseen circumstances. Uh, it was hard enough to get in, in touch with anybody at that office to begin with. They've just taken the phone off the hook, basically. Um, and the reason for that, I can only speculate, is that nothing before, when this law was passed, it was dumped in their lap. You know, right. the Illinois State Police are the ones that will be enforcing this law. Mm -hmm. um, it says in this legislation, it mentions that, um, that the state is going to give the Illinois State Police until, I think, October to come up with a game plan for this thing. Um, but I think the responsible thing to do from a legislative point of view, from the lawmakers, uh, you know, from the governor, whatever, is that I, I think that maybe and this is just my opinion, that he should have maybe had a bit of a meeting, uh, you know, got in touch with the people at the Illinois State Police Office, which it doesn't look like he did, and said, listen, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook. We, you know, we need to come up with a game plan. How do you, as the Illinois State Police, 
plan on handling this, okay? From a dealer standpoint, people are gonna start calling wanting to know if they need to register this gun. They're gonna do it right away because they're law-abiding citizens and they wanna make sure they're doing things right. Um, you know, maybe we should wait and sign this bill, which is done, the bill's gonna pass, I'm gonna sign it, you know, if I'm the governor, whatever. Um, but maybe we should wait until we make sure that all of our ducks in a row and we have an answer for these questions. Um, I think that it's fairly obvious that that didn't happen. It kind of got rushed right into it. Um, you know, the governor seemed to want to sign it on that particular day when he had his inauguration as, you know, kind of a, um, a celebration within a celebration, uh, which is great. You know, I don't, you know, whatever, but, um, but I really wish that a little more responsibility was taken because it, it's, as a gun dealer, we don't know what's going on. Um, I, every gun dealer that I've talked to has a different philosophy on this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, some are saying, no, no, we've got a grace period. You know, it says right in that law, we've got a grace period. We can get rid of this. And I'm, I don't read that. Uh, some are saying, no, I've taken them off my shelves and, you know, I'm going to try to give them back to the distributor. Uh, some people are, are saying, well, I can still sell it to somebody out of state. No, you can't. You know, you, you, cannot, you cannot have this in your books. And that kind of leads me to what, what main question I have is people bring me guns to consign. Okay, whether it be a mm -hmm. state collection or just you, you right. have a gun. So if you bring me a gun to, to sell, I type it into my our ATF books, okay? Make, model, serial number, type, caliber, acquisition date, and acquisitioner, which is you. At that point, the ATF holds me responsible for that gun. If there's anything that happens to that gun, if it's stolen, committed in a crime, you know, whatever, I am the, the, the last stop, not you anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you have a gun that you can sign to me, say last month, and you, it's on this list, which a lot of them are, I cannot just give it back to you. I've got to do a transfer on it, and there's going to be a three-day holding period, and we've the, I've got to run it through the Illinois State Police System. I've got to run a background check. If you're still legal to own that gun, I will transfer it back into your name, no problem. But this law, the way I read it, says that transferring of any sale, any transfer of one of these rifles uh, or handguns, whatever, is illegal. So I can't even have these in my books anymore. I can't run a transfer, so I can't give it back to you legally. I'm, I'm just, I'm breaking the, as much of the law as I am selling it to somebody else as I am giving it back to you now. Are you breaking the law if you load them all in the back of the semi and drive across and you make... You can't transport these things. But, but I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're going to set up shop in Clark County or wherever, can so you do that? I, I believe that, so a dealer to dealer transfer is still probably okay. Um, because a dealer, but if it's dealer, yourself, you're just starting this new business then. Yeah, so you're, so, I mean, you're not so actually changing I would have it. to have our, our, our federal firearms license, our Illinois license with me, uh, transporting these to another dealer. They're going to go out of my books into his books. No transfer paperwork is going to take place. I think, I don't know. I think that is legal. Um, you know, if you're transporting from point A to point B, from dealer to dealer, that's just as simple as, you know, trading licenses. I get a copy of your license, you get a copy of mine, I take them out of my books, you put them in your books, no transfer is being done, no background check is being done, you're obviously sanctioned by your state if you have your own gun laws, or definitely by the ATF. Um, I think that's okay. So yes, I mean, theoretically, if I had to, you know, go to Missouri, for example, and set up shop, um, I would simply have to work with a, a dealer over there until I could get my own license, whatever. Um, is that, I don't know. You know, I'm dealing with a lot of things that I'm unfamiliar with. But when you're dealing with guns, you're going to have to, you're going to have to maneuver and know how to, uh, to overcome some obstacles because there's odd, 
constantly obstacles. I, uh, in looking uh, at your at your website, you know, you've got like auctions constantly and things coming up and events coming up. This this really does just kind of throw a wrench in all that stuff, doesn't it? You know, it? It, like I say, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. Um, you know, it is what it is. I, I think that um, I don't believe that this law, is, I really honestly don't believe this law is going to uh, prevent any crime. Um, I, I believe that I would like people to understand that, that, you know, that are anti-gun people or people that, you know, have guns that don't quite understand. There is no such thing as an assault rifle. An AR rifle means Armalite rifle. They were the first company to come up with it. It's very simply a lightweight rifle that can be customized to, you know, your particular size very easily, whether you're a short person, long person. Um, it's made of synthetic furniture, which is, you know, usually black, but it doesn't, you know, it's good for the cold weather. Um, it, like I say, it's light, it's easy to shoot. It's one of the safest guns to shoot in, you know, it's practical. The military uses it because it's practical. People use it as a self-defense gun because it's practical. You know, you don't have a big bulky gun. You've got something that, you know, if you shoot in the winter time and you've got lots of clothes on, you can adjust the, the pull so it fits you well. Uh, if you're shooting in the summertime and you just have a t-shirt on, you can pull it back a little bit and it fits you well. Anytime a gun fits you well when you shoot it, it is safer to shoot. A little kid shooting a big gun is not necessarily right. safe. Um, you know, if, if, if the first company that came up with these so-called assault rifles, uh, the AR, the Armalite company, would have been called something different, um, you know, SD, then it would have been called a self-defense <laughs> rifle. Um, that's the nickname. But uh, the, the federal government came up with, with the wording, I figured out, in 1994 of assault rifle. And they use that, in other words, like rapid fire, um, because it looks good on legislation. You know, it looks like they're really doing something. Um, I, I just, I'm not seeing it. And I think what really baffles me about this is this law passed big. Um, in Illinois, it wasn't a, it wasn't a close race, you know, a, a 64 to 40 or something like that. So when I'm reading the law, I'm thinking, how does 64 intelligent lawmaking representatives of this state think wholeheartedly? They must think that this really is going to to solve some sort of problem. Mm -hmm. um, and and so I read the law looking at it like that. You know, maybe I'm missing something because I mean I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Maybe I'm missing something here. Um, and all I can come up with is just more and more problems that this is creating. Um, the criminals are, are getting these guns easier now. Um, you know, it, it, it's baffling how any intelligent person can think this is going to work. And if you look at it from a historical point of view, the government has tried this, okay? Mm -hmm. They've tried it. It's failed. It's not going to work. It needs to be done on a federal level, and everybody needs to be on the same page with how it's enforced. Um, you know, if I wanted to make a, a quick buck in the next six months if this thing you know i could go from gun show to gun show to gun show pay cash for these things take them back and just start selling the heck out of them for cash would it be illegal yes um, but i mean the, the black market is there i mean you've created this multi-million dollar business um, and law-abiding citizens you know that want one of these rifles because they're practical mm -hmm. um, they're now going to have to buy one from a buddy and when they come out with a new one they're gonna have to go over to, to a buddy from Missouri or a buddy from Iowa and they're gonna have to pay cash for it and there's gonna be no transfer paperwork and you're just creating this huge problem of a whole bunch of unregistered guns floating around in Illinois unregistered guns are the ones that are being used in crimes I mean that only makes sense 
Well, again, this is uh, it's a very fascinating topic. It's very, again, it's very in-depth, and I appreciate your background and your expertise to talk about it. And uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, have this chat again in a few months or something, and maybe mm -hmm. something will have changed. But, I hope so. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. All right. Thanks, yep. Will. Thanks a lot. That's all the time we have for now. I'm Bob Goff. We'll see you next week.